Welcome to day two of the Nick session within the project of Orpanini. This is Saratova Best. My contact information will follow at the end of the short lecture. And also, if you want to view it every day online, please go to raisealeader.com, to raisealeader.com. Okay, ice cream sundae banana split. You ever have a banana split? You get to hear the birds now in the background. I timed it so that we could include the birds. Banana split. What is it that's strange about a banana split? The textures and the types of foods that, go, that are put together to create a banana split do not fit. I mean, it's one thing to have this cold, sugary, smooth ice cream, which if it's part of it's kind of just frozen plastic, but it's this smooth, creamy stuff. And then there are those nuts, which could be real, and all those sprinkly things, those crunchy things, the salty things. And then there are those super sweet sauces with all the berries and all the goopy, sugary stuff, and it's all with different colors, the three scoops of ice cream. And then there's the banana, the healthy stepsister of this whole dish, this banana. What's the banana doing in this? plastic, frozen, goopy, sugary thing, which incidentally is a lot of fun. Who threw in the banana? Was it somebody who wanted to justify, you know, like my children when they were younger? You know, you can't eat that for breakfast. And one of my children said, you know, I think I saw a donut, a jelly donut, and I think he said, wait a minute, <laughs> wait what are you supposed to have for breakfast? You're supposed to have protein. You're supposed to have fruit. You're supposed to have vegetables. And you're supposed to have bread. He said, look at this jelly donut. There's the bread part. There's the egg that's in the bread, in the donut. That's the protein part. There's the fruit. That's the jelly, the, the, the strawberry jelly. And, that's, and whatever the vegetable part was, you know, I somehow had it figured out that this is a healthy breakfast. And I met lots of kids over the years that were doing the same thing. I said, what do you mean? This is a balanced diet. So maybe somebody came along and said, throw in the banana to this frozen goopy dessert, this ice cream sundae, and you'll call it a banana split, and everybody will be happy. Because after all, it's healthy. There's a banana in there. Fact is, it's weird combinations of stuff. Okay, what does this have to do with the halachas of the basin mikdash? The way we're presenting this series is a weird combination of stuff. Halacha of the basin mikdash, very healthy. We said yesterday, Yechesko was told by Hashem, learn the laws of the basin mikdash. All the three weeks. Build the base of English through learning the laws. Very healthy, the protein, the, you know, the basics, the healthy, the banana. Where does the struggling youth part come in? What does it have to do with building the base of English? It's such an oxymoron. It's such a putting together of two completely different energies. 
And then I even decided today that I was going to try to throw in a daily joke from real life of something that happened to me that day. So this is really a potpourri of the weirdest combination of energy. Is that good or is that bad? So about everything in life, we can usually say it's good and it's bad. It's good and it's bad. And I want you to hold that phrase in your mind. It's good and it's bad. And then ask yourself from time to time while you're listening to this series, what was her kavana in throwing the banana in with the, with the, goopy, ser- the goopy stuff? Or why did she put together struggling youth with the halachas of the Beis Amigdash? So let's do the halacha of the Beis Amigdash. So the halacha of the Beis Amigdash is the following. Um, when we're talking about the walls, we're talking about the walls around, we're finishing today with the walls around Yerushalayim, Hara Maria, and we said that there, the city was at the southern slope. There are four, three other walls. The eastern wall and the western wall were way too steep for anybody to go up, or for most people to go up. That's not where you're going to have most of the pilgrims going. I mean, you would have to, you know, it's a straight-up slope. We'll see when we get to um, one of the mitzvahs that we'll learn about in the next couple of days that looked over that slope. And then there's the northern slope. The northern slope was very weak. It was pretty easy to get to. Is that good or is that bad? The good part about it was that you can easily get to the base of Midgush. You want to get there. You don't have to go through Yerushalayim. You don't have to go on the eastern side. You don't have to go up the steep slope on either side. You just go right in. The bad news is the bad news is I'm getting interrupted now just because somebody wants me to move my car. Now, is that good or is that bad? Is that good or is that bad? In the middle of giving a shear, in the middle of trying to record a shear, somebody says, could you move your car? Is that good or is that bad? So the fact is, everything is good and bad. So what's the issue? What's the negative issue and what's the positive issue? about getting easily into that side of the of base of Mikdash. You can just easily get there. The bad part was that every single time in history when there was an invader, they went through that side. The Bukhadnezer went through there. Titus, the Bukhadnezer of Babel, Titus of Rome went there, the Crusaders. And every other hostile enemy would always go through the north. That was the easy side. That was the bad part. And even in the modern Israeli war, that's how they got into the city in the Six-Day War. Now, why didn't David Amalek put the, the, the city of Jerusalem over there? Well, pretty simple. Anybody who set their sights 
God forbid, on for negative reasons getting into the base of Migdash would have to go through the city. Not a really good thing. That's the bad. So what I want to focus on is this idea of the weak side, the weakest link in the chain as you're going into, as you have access to the base of Mikdash. When we're thinking about struggling youth, one of the things that's strongest about them is that when we deal with them, they find our weakest link in our own personal access to our personal base of English. Meaning, where are we the weakest? Where are we the least consistent? Where are we the least complete and least solid in our Yiddishkeit? And they find that weak link, and that's where, so to speak, they attack us. And it's not a simple thing. And not only that, but they themselves experience that even though they grew up very, very centered, very communistic, there came a point where they felt that the weakest link in their chain of connection to their own mitzvah ma'at, their own inner mitzvah, somehow was challenged by someone or everyone or circumstances or the dog next door or whatever you want to say. Something came along and challenged that weakest link in the entrance to the person's inner mikdash. And that's how that person's inner mikdash became violated, compromised, hurt, maybe hurt in a very powerful way. So is that good or bad? Obviously not a good thing. Number one, we don't want people who are challenging Yiddishkeit, whether they're our children, our friends, our Nikoravim, our students, our neighbors, our enemies. We don't want them finding our weakest link. That was the whole energy of a Amalek. He found the weakest link, the place where you're tired and exhausted and uncommitted and managed to find our weakest link. Nobody wants their weakest link to be found. And maybe when a rebellious youth go after everybody's weakest link, maybe sometimes they're telling us that's what they felt, that's what they experienced themselves. People went after my weakest link. And it wasn't well guarded. So the negative part about that, the bad part, he said, is it good or bad? Not a good thing. But then we have to ask ourselves, who's the one who sent? This communistic child who was seven years old, let's say, who was so communistic, who see a dog run over in front of his eyes on the street. Let's say, 
his neighbor's dog was run over. And let's say he liked playing with his neighbor's dog. I'm just making up an example. And that was somehow too much of a violation for him. Who made that happen? Was it a mistake? God wasn't looking? Or was it the same Melech Malchi Hamlachim Makadish Baruch who bechvaydo the Atzmai? Who somehow decided for whatever other, whatever unfathomable reason that this was going to be the next step in that child's journey? If that's the case then isn't, is it not true that that same Melech Malchi Amlach HaMakadosh Baruch the Chod of Atzmai, who made that decision and who is the ultimate of kindness and loves each and every one of us like, a, like an elderly parent loves an only child born in their old age. That's the way, plus, plus, that Hashem loves us. So if he has made that decision, Rahman Islam, God forbid, then can we not assume that the other side of the coin is there, ready to be unleashed by the same Melech Malchay and Lachim, by the same God? Very easy to say. You know, oh, don't worry, everything will work out. Very easy to say. You can be very flippant and say, you'll see that everything will work out. It's very easy to say on somebody else's problems and on somebody else's struggle. But if we could really corner ourselves and ask ourselves and disconnect ourselves from our pain and ask ourselves, objectively speaking, if Hashem planned this step, did he not plan every other step, including what he himself wants the most, which is that this child who somehow attacks everybody's weakest link and maybe felt that his weakest link was compromised, this child is destined to be a leader, ultimately, who has a deep, profound experience and comprehension, comprehension to his own journey of how to guide others in their journey. Often, it's often the ones who are struggling the most, who have the most sensitive souls and sensitive hearts, and either in spite of their pain or if not for their pain, really want to help out, want to reach out and help others. So what if we make a decision that all those people who that number one, when our weakest link is attacked by those people who are challenging us, we say, wait a minute, this was sent to us by Hashem. Again, it's not a simple thing to do. I'm not saying just do it. I will, never, I will not use the word just. It's not a simple thing to do. But what if it were true? What if what I'm, what I'm suggesting were true? What might become possible if we could muster the strength even once to take that approach and to say, this is all masterminded by Hashem. We're in the middle of the story now. The end of the story is 
Hashem has something magnificent planned for this rebellious person and for all of those who are connected with him or her. What might be possible if we could take that approach? So I'll leave with that thought. And again, leave you with the contact information. Not a simple thought to leave on, but the contact information is to listen to these lectures on the website, please go to raisealeader.com, to raisealeader.com, or contact me for any coaching or healing work or support in being able to support those who are struggling. Contact me at the number yesterday was wrong. The number today is right, 347-762-7708, 347-762-7708. Let's all bench each other that we be able to see that the weakest link in the end becomes the strongest link. That entrance, the Harabayas, that entrance to the base of Migdash, which was used by our enemies all through the generations, and they did a lot of destruction. It's also the very same entrance that makes it easy for us to go straight, right into the base of Mizish. Nothing in the way, not a city, not a steep slope, nothing. It was easy for our enemies. It's easy for our friends. It's easy for our allies. And when we become our own allies and invite everybody that's with us, you go through that, that easy way. No more hard stuff. We don't want to go through the steep slopes. We want it the easy way. This is a generation where we need everything to be easy, right? You see that. We're saying, Hashem, we want the smooth, easy path from here, from where I'm sitting, right here in this chair, into the base of Mikdash and the base of Mikdash Ashlishi, so that we find ourselves there in the Gula Mikdash and may it be immediately now. Thanks so much.